In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are you envious because I am generous? The last will be first, and the first will be last. Yesterday, Father Stanley Rother was beatified in Oklahoma City. He was born in 1935, grew up on a farm, had the usual life of a kid in Oklahoma, went to school, did his work at school, came home, and then brought the cows into the barn, milked the cows, separated the milk from the fat, sat down for dinner, prayed the rosary with his family, and went to bed. When he was finishing high school, everyone expected him to stay home, marry a pretty girl, and be a farmer like his dad. Instead, he entered the seminary. To the surprise of quite a number of people, because he seemed rather ordinary. And to the seminary faculty, he seemed rather ordinary as well. He failed enough Latin exams that eventually they told him to go home. And so having been dismissed from seminary, he still insisted he still had a vocation to the priesthood. And so his archbishop sent him to Mount St. Mary's Seminary in Emmitsburg, Maryland. And there he completed his studies um, adequately enough. Studies were not his strong suit. Uh, work was, caring for others was. He was ordained in 1968. And after just a few short years of being a priest in the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, volunteered to be part of the brand new mission that Oklahoma City and Tulsa had opened up in Guatemala. And so there he spent the next 12 years of his priesthood. He went to a little village on a gorgeous volcanic lake where Spanish is not the primary language. The, the, the locals had no way of pronouncing his first name, Stanley, so many of them called him Father Francisco, Padre Francisco, because Francis is his middle name. But the indigenous local who didn't speak Spanish called him Padre Aplas, which was their translation of Francis. The work there is very similar to mission work other places, helping people clear land, encouraging people to come to Mass, settling family disputes, hearing confessions. There were days that he would spend on the tractor, save for the time that was spent offering Mass. Needless to say, his people loved him, and by the time he decided to return to Oklahoma, albeit temporarily, he really considered himself Guatemalan. During that time, he helped a project to translate the New Testament into that indigenous Indian language, which had never before heard the words of our Lord in their own tongue. 
The reason for his return back to Oklahoma was the growing civil war creating not only unrest in general in Guatemala, but also persecution and the murdering of priests. It began in earnest in 1980. And in the correspondence between him and his bishop and Father Stanley and his friends and family back home, he very clearly understood what was happening. There were a variety of guerrilla groups that were working in the area, and he was very much opposed to those who were hell-bent on conflict with the government. Still, he helped his people. When the Guatemalan army came into his village to take up, uh, to set up a garrison and held a meeting of all the town leaders explaining their presence there for the purpose of protecting the people, he raised his hand and asked if their purpose is here to protect my people, why are my people disappearing? The radio station that he built was destroyed and its director murdered. And then letter after letter back home, another priest was kidnapped, another priest was killed. And so for his own safety, he went back to Oklahoma at the urging of many people. And even though he knew that he could have accepted a a very comfortable assignment at an ordinary parish in Oklahoma, he knew and his family could tell that he had to go back. The phrase that he used is that a shepherd cannot run from his people. A shepherd can never leave his flock. In his own correspondence with them, he promised them that he would return for Holy Week of that year. And it was only in in watching the documentary that was created for the beatification yesterday that it, it all clicked. When you see the imagery of Father Stanley leading the procession through the town for Palm Sunday... This, is, this was not just a, a large mass where everyone gathered in church, but this was Christ leading his flock to the cross, knowing full well what was going to happen to him. By July of that year, he had already um, taken precautions, changed the locks on all the church properties, and was already sleeping in different locations, knowing that he was still on the hit list that had prompted him to go back to Oklahoma earlier in the year. He told his people several times that there is no way they are going to be able to kidnap him alive. And he also told them that if they kill me, light the Easter candle and sing the Easter songs. And so it was late in the night, July 27, when one of his workers came to where he was sleeping and said, Father, they have come for you. 
Those who found his body later could tell from the condition of his knuckles that he had, in fact, fought those who wanted to kidnap him. And so they just simply shot him twice and ran away. His body is interred in Oklahoma City, but his people in his village in Guatemala asked that his heart be buried there. And so he has two tombs, and now two places where he is venerated as Blessed Stanley Rother, the first American martyr, to be officially added to the list of the blesseds and saints who are venerated at the altar. Certainly not the first American to give up one's life for the faith, but the first to be officially recognized for it. When we think of such a person, we easily think think that they deserve to be in heaven. We think of how, how much closer to God, how much holier they are than we are. Remember that holiness is the presence of God. Holiness is God's accomplishment in us. Forgiveness of sins and salvation has been won, purchased for us by the blood of the Lamb. It's nothing we claim to deserve. Nevertheless, as much as we then offer up thanks and gratitude to God, not just for redemption in general and our own redemption and the salvation that Christ offers us and the salvation that has been accepted by his most heroic of servants, we know that he wants all of us to be with him in heaven. And so Christ asks you, are you envious because I am generous? Do we want everyone to go to heaven? Do we pray for the salvation of every person? Do we rejoice at the conversion of those who, after a long life of disobeying God and hurting others, repent of their sins? St. Thomas Aquinas describes envy as a kind of sorrow. It's a sadness that you experience when you confront the good of others. It's different from the fear you might have when the good that others have makes you think that they will deprive you of something. still a related sin. But envy, be clear, is very different from jealousy. Jealousy has to do with how you hoard or guard or are stingy with the things that belong to you. We speak of a jealous boyfriend or a jealous girlfriend, someone who acts as though they own you. Envy is 
that unholy reaction when a good thing happens to somebody else and you want to deprive them of it. The job, the car, the house, the salary. As though you deserve more than them. What did they do to get that? You envy their honor. You envy their good reputation. You envy how much people praise them and are tempted to let people know what they don't know so that they don't think so highly of that person whom you envy. This is sheer wickedness. It means we do not love the other. And Christ died for everyone's salvation and commands us to love one another, to love one another as he has loved us, which is to love us and to offer his life for us even when we were still sinners. The love of God and the glory of heaven is so perfect that we will be full of joy and full of happiness even when others might be in hell. Even perhaps those we loved on earth. It is, it is almost impossible for us to imagine the perfect glory of heaven. As we begin to imagine it and experience bit by bit, taste by taste at this altar, pray not only that you barely get there, but that others as well. That everyone repents of their sins. And that whether it be at the noon hour or the third hour or at the fifth hour or at the 23rd hour, stops running away from their shepherd. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.